The Eagles shook up their coaching staff by moving on from both coordinators. Chris Carter and I will react to that. Plus, what are our confidence level in the conference finalists? And will Bill Belichick take a head coaching job? You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He's Chris Carter. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And as always, thank you so much for making us your first listen. Let's go to Philly. Chris, where the Eagles, they keep Nick Sirianni, but they move on from both coordinators. First, it was defensive coordinator Sean Desai, then offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. And Johnson was in the head coaching mix. It felt like he was one of those sneaky offensive minds that were uh, going to get some head coaching looks. And instead, both Johnson and Desai out as the Eagles reshuffle things less than a year after making it to Super Bowl 57. Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? And, and as a person who I, I got a lot of friends from the Philly area, so I keep up with the Eagles a little bit, um, you know, but, you know, as a person who who heard it, the, the vitriol that was thrown at, at, at Nick Sirianni towards the end of the season, you saw a, a Eagles fan dumping popcorn on him as he was leaving the Buccaneers stadium. Um, there was a lot of heat on Sirianni for how this season collapsed. And I think they went, finished one and six, one and five, something like that, uh, you know, including the playoff loss. Um, there was a lot of heat on on him for how things worked because it wasn't just that they were losing. They were losing to really bad teams and the team was like openly infighting with itself. You know, you know, it was just A.J. Brown was was against stuff. You know, Dallas Goddard was going at Jalen Hurts on the sideline, things like that. It just seemed like the, the, the group was out of sorts. So there was a lot of blame to go around. And so the Eagles ended up settling on you know firing both coordinators and trying again and this comes a year after they had to replace both coordinators because both of them got hired away at the at the end of this of, of last season um Sean Desai you know you look at the Eagle, the Eagles defense and you think okay well they ranked 30th out of 32 that's tough but like you said Brian Johnson he was the Eagles quarterbacks coach and everyone's like wow the what the work he's doing with Jalen Hurts makes him look really good and even this year they finished seventh in scoring offense but you know, people, I guess, look at the finish and they think that, well, whatever happened there, you have to kind of point at that and say that there's something going on. So now if you're the Eagles, you're you're putting a lot of pressure on Sirianni and this front office to find the right coordinators in a year after, you know, after doing this search just last season. Um, and if I'm a coordinator and I look at that situation, I just saw two guys get fired. One of them had a top 10 offense. You know, I might hesitate a little bit on, on on going to there versus you know all the other coordinator positions are open because one thing the guys are that assistant coaches when they're looking for they're looking for at least two to three years of stability so they can prove that they're the man and that they could go up to the next they, they can go up to the next level uh you know and, and and be able to state at least like one bad year when you show that you can't that as an organization you're not willing to at least try to let a guy grow through that that can lead to future hiring problems. Yeah, and and I think that's why they targeted who they're apparently targeting, at least that defensive coordinator, Ron Rivera, mm -hmm. someone who's not going to get a head coaching look this cycle. 
because he was with the Panthers and then he was with Washington and things didn't go great in Washington for a bunch of reasons. Yeah. And so you have this, this older defensive mind, good leader. I, I like that move for the Eagles and I wonder what they would do offensive coordinator wise, you know, who, who's the offensive mind that's, that's similar to that. Uh, the, the name that instantly comes to mind that is a proven coordinator, but won't get head coaching looks would be Josh McDaniels. Now, I don't think he's getting looks in Philly, but just to give you the Ron Rivera equivalent, now Ron mm-hmm. is much better than Josh as a head coach. I just don't think either one's getting head coaching looks this cycle. That's the the comp, so to speak. So if you can bring in Ron Rivera, I get it. But I, I agree with you. It, if, and that's a big if, because now that you're bringing in two new coordinators, What's the next thing to go if things don't go well next year? It's the head coach. It certainly isn't going to be Jalen Hurts that's making 50-plus million dollars a year. It's not going to be A.J. Brown. We know how good he is and Devontae Smith and what we could go on on down the line of, of talented players with this Eagles team. But I, I do think they need to find the right pieces that help remake this culture a bit. And the culture, the foundation – when when that starts to crack, it's hard to put the beams up in place to to keep that foundation from continuing to crack. The damage is usually already done. And so I, I do wonder there if this is the right call, if they should have batted down the hatches and kind of reset with their their coaching staff, including Sirianni. You keep the side, you keep Johnson. Instead, they go this other route. And I think it's tough. I think it's tough to uh, to make it work. I think they have a lot of talent and they certainly could. You bring in someone like Ron Rivera, it may work, but they have to get it done with him. And then they have to figure out the offensive side of things. Because like I said, it's uh, it's hard out there. And there are a lot of jobs open. There's a lot of offensive coordinator jobs open with good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Eagles are just one of them. And that, that, that's like you said there, there's a lot of jobs that are, that are going to be, people are going to be looking for. And, you know, again, it, you might, get passed up on by your top candidate because they might be someone else's top candidate. Like, you know what? I, I got good quarterback over here and I know I'm not going to be under pressure to figure it out in just one season. Cause I might, I might have some time there. Um, and part of it also to your point about the cracking of, of the foundation uh, you know, the whole point of Brian Johnson being the offensive coordinator was that the Eagles wanted to replicate and build upon what they did to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, they were they were a a fumble, a sack fumble touchdown away from beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl the the the, the, the year before. A holding call, like, if you understand that. Jeez, I forgot about the holding call. Um, but like that's that. But that's my point is that they were this close, and so I get it made total sense to promote Brian Johnson. Say, hey, we need you to keep building upon what you were part of last year, and you know for and for a time. They were. I mean, they were undefeated going into what, like November or something? Like they were, they were 10 and 10 and 0, 10 and 1, something like that. They were on fire to start this season and they they burnt out a little bit. And that's why I think like sometimes that knee-jerk reaction, it can be something that jumpstarts you, or it can be something that blows blows your, your situation up. You know, you think back to in, in Pittsburgh right now. There are a lot of people that want Mike Tomlin gone. They think, well, what about like when when the Eagles fired Andy Reid and everything worked out for them, right? I'm like, well. Yes, but it took like seven years before they found the head coach, before like Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, and then he was fired after about, about two seasons after that. Um, and I'm not so sure that that's the model for success 
with keeping, you know, hiring and keeping great coaches. Because meanwhile, Andy Reid has won two Super Bowls and he just beat them in a Super Bowl. And he's uh, and he's in a position to win a third this year right now. And we'll get into the conference championships and who we think is going to win there. But I just I, I don't know if if the knee jerk reaction of firing people coaches right away is the best institutional thing necessarily. Especially when you look at it in if Brian Johnson specifically, and it's easier be, to to discuss him because of the fact that he was the quarterbacks coach. If he's the guy that got the most out of Jalen Hurts, how do you think Jalen feels? Now that, that you move on from his quarterbacks coach, I think that that's a real question that we'll get the answer to coming up in, in the coming weeks. But I, I just I don't feel good about it I, I because you, you almost halfway do it here. It wasn't just one coach that that let the culture go. It Now it's multiple coordinators and they they got it wrong with both. It's just it's a lot. Maybe they get it right. And I think Ron Rivera is the way to go at D.C. But they got to get it done first. We'll see if they do that. Let's transition and go from a team that was in the conference championship game and made it to the Super Bowl last year and the Eagles to the four teams remaining this year trying to make it to Super Bowl 58. We will discuss our confidence level on all four teams coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's you versus the prize picks projections you don't have to deal with thousands of other players including pros and sharks all you do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in you can win up to 25 times your money so maybe you think patrick mahomes is going to throw for more than the number of passing yards that prize picks projects boom there's one maybe you think that uh, the Detroit Lions and Jameer Gibbs, the rookie sensation at running back, is going to run for more than the number of rushing yards that he's projected to have with prize picks. You combine them, and boom, you have your entries. It doesn't take long at all to make an entry. Under 60 seconds, a few taps, and let's be honest, you've been craving a little fantasy football with the, the season-long leagues out. Give prize picks a try. You can also play NBA and much, much more. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here on the locked on NFL podcast, it's the Wednesday edition with Chris and James. Uh, let's talk about the teams that are remaining in the playoffs right now because it's an interesting field. You know, a bit of a, a bit of chalk with the one seeds both making it, but both the three seeds make it. The Chiefs being being able to beat the Bills uh, in crazy fashion. James, what, what was going through your mind when you saw that win push that ball wide right uh, for the, the Bills? I mean, I I felt bad for Bills fans because it, it was a great, it was a good kick. People were on him. It was in like Tyler Bass mm -hmm. kicked it right. But not in that wind, of course. But like traditionally, that would have went in, and the wind just took it. And that's really hard. Uh, I feel bad for Tyler. You know, I don't know him, but like in those situations, you you don't really like person. seeing people. You don't see, yeah, you don't like seeing people fail. It's not like yeah. I was rooting for the Bills. I was. I had no real rooting interest. I actually think that from a matchup standpoint, the Chiefs were the last team remaining that could beat the Ravens on the AFC side. I don't think the Bills had the physicality to so. Mm. And one part of me was like, all right, well, I don't want to watch the Ravens just crush the Bills <laughs> next week. I want to get a good game. And who knows? Maybe they crushed the Chiefs anyway, but I think this is a better matchup. But, no, I 
I was uh, I was surprised because Tyler Bass is one of the best kickers in the NFL, and it would be like one of the kickers we cover missing in that situation. I mean, he, he's getting death threats right now. Not that that's yeah. like new because that has, fans are stupid everywhere and they do it to a lot of people. But like, like, come on, man. Like, like that, that guy bought, fought for you. It reminds me of Scott Norwood, the dude who went wide right twice for the Bills. Dude was cash money for years and then just had to, at the most heartbreaking situations for the Bills. Uh, there was a part of me that really wanted to see Bills versus Lions in the Super Bowl just to see the drama for these two heartbroken franchises. I got friends in both fan bases, and, like, they've both been losing it throughout these playoffs. And, like, to see one was going to have – could have their dreams achieved and the other had their dreams shattered, that would have been, like, the ultimate drama in the Super Bowl. But let's talk about who who are who is there. Is this, is this the Ravens' Super Bowl to lose because – they look unstoppable, like you said. You look at the matchups. The Ravens, they they have a lot of advantages over the Chiefs. They've already crushed the Niners th- this year. Like, there's 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 sometimes I look at them like, man, like, are the Ravens just about to just walk into this and just walk out with it, like, no no problems? I have to think there's going to be like the Chiefs got something up, got something cooking for them. And also on the other side, the Niners, how well they've played. It feels like a David versus Goliath matchup, even though the Lions are the three seed and they had 12 wins this year. I just, I, I, I kind of, I, I want to see something from Detroit and Dan Campbell. That group excites me that could get me through it. But I still think it's just going to come down to the one seeds meeting each other and it being up to the Niners to prove that the last blowout loss to this to the Ravens was a fluke. It's interesting. I, I think I agree with you on half of that. I think Detroit faces a real uphill battle. Now, yeah. The good news for Detroit, no Debo Samuel impacts that 49ers team, that offense. It, it just does. We saw it uh, over the weekend, and yeah, Brock Purdy was off. You're not going to probably have to deal with the rain again, which clearly was an issue for Brock Purdy. He was throwing it like us out there. I mean, it was not it was not accurate. So uh, I, I think that'll be solved, and I expect the 49ers to win by 7, 10, 14. Like, I, I do now. Is the Detroit story awesome? It is. But are they going to be able to stop the the 49ers? I, I'm not sure the 49ers will be able to stop the Lions the whole game, but I think they can get stops here and there. I I don't know if the Lions defense will be able to get enough stops. Assuming Brock Purdy just plays at a competent level, even without Debo Samuel, and we don't know if he'll play or not. So that's kind of how I felt about that game from the jump. Mm-hmm. This other game now, I know everyone, and I said this before the playoffs, everyone's talking about, oh, the Ravens, the Ravens, the Ravens. Are we sure Patrick Mahomes can't go in there and snatch that AFC championship? I, I don't ever doubt Patrick I, Mahomes anymore, man. <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell you right now, I, I've I've seen both these teams, obviously, up close and personal. They're plenty, and we, we're fam- as familiar with the Ravens as anyone that doesn't cover mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're awesome. I think they're the most complete team because – they There's have a butt coming. There's a they butt have coming. Weapons. They have they have uh, <laughs> a lot of weapons on defense, and they have the best quarterback left in the playoffs. Not named who? I was gonna, I, I was going to say so, I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> the butt is, is is very simple, but the Chiefs are built this year this year to play with a team like the Ravens. They're physical up front. Mm-hmm. They run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has to throw it 25 times, not 50 times, to win the game. They're not banking on their receivers. They use their tight ends. They, oh, can suddenly create explosive plays like they did on the Bills? Yes. 
I think the Chiefs actually get it done this weekend. Ooh. And we see a rematch. Chiefs, Chiefs 49ers. And we're probably getting a Super Bowl rematch anyway, unless Detroit can pull it off. But Chiefs, 49ers. That is my pick. And I was in on the Chiefs against the Bills. I was 4-0 last week after having an up-and-down wild card round. I was really good in the divisional round from a pick standpoint. I think the Chiefs go in there and they win, I don't know, 20-17. to 17. Like, I think it's a defensive slugfest. It's ugly. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes makes one more play. Heck, it might be a battle of the kickers. Two really good kickers in, in Butker and in Tucker. Listen, that would be spectacular. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is, is something we all deserve. Just to just to be able to see happen in prime time, uh, you know, in the conference championships. I, I'm I'm excited for that, man. Chiefs getting it. Chiefs getting it done would would, would be would be it, it'd be it, it'd be kind of, you know kind of boring but kind of interesting because it's like dang like these guys again like come on like you kind of want to see a new face in there. But you have to respect it. And you're right. They built this roster differently. Like, they lost a ton of playmakers. Their offense, as far as playmaker-wise, are their running backs and Travis Kelsey. The receivers, you're, you're not as scared about them. And, you know, if Marquez Valdez-Scanling can make that one catch in a game, you're, you got what you need out of him. But that defense has made a world of difference for the Chiefs. And like you said, that could be the factor that, that lets them hang with the Ravens. Because the Ravens' defense is no joke. And, they're both, and in fact, the Ravens had the number one defense this year. Uh, so, like, you look at that. That that as much as we're going to be staring at the quarterbacks, we're also going to be staring at those defenses, how they're comprised, who makes the the, the fewest mistakes, who makes the biggest plays to get in there. I I think that there's 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 a lot of good things that that, that we can see from this game. That, that's the game. I just I look at the one team. It feels like I it feels are we overlooking the Lions too much right now because they have they they are, they feel like they're they're the Cinderella team, but they're also a really good football team. Like like I don't think they should be slept on. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I do. I think they can win, but they're going to have to win with Jared Goff playing at an elite level. Like he needs to be at such a level that, and that doesn't mean they won't be able to run the ball, but you, much like he did last week, no turnovers. And you look on the other side and in Baker's turning the ball over, and that's the difference in that game. But Tampa hung around and the, the 49ers, like, the Lions kick it up 14-0, and I would still expect the 49ers to make a run, even though Kyle Shanahan stinks at comebacks, right? It's just it, be, <laughs> because of that Lions defense, not necessarily yeah. because of Jared Goff uh, or, or the offense. But mm. I'm a believer in Sam Laporte. I'm a believer in Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown is – I'll say this. Let me just think about it. Yeah, he's the best wide receiver in this matchup, even if Debo plays. Amon Ross mm. St. Brown is insane. Mm. He's unbelievable. I mean, I'm serious about that. Is he? He's the best receiver. Notice I said receiver. I can't say weapon because Christian McCaffrey is breathing. But he's the best receiver observation. in the playoffs. Yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't thought about that. I, I, you're you're right. I love Zay Flowers. I love what he's done as a rookie, but he ain't there yet. Um, and Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel's talented. Um, yeah, I'm right with you. Amon Ross St. Brown, he, and he could be a game breaker for them. I have to say. I was I was right with you on the four and uh for the playoffs for picket for the picks last week. I had an eight eight leg parlay that fell just short. I just needed one Debo Samuel touchdown and I would have I would have hit it. I was like, oh. oh, so close. He got when he got hurt. I was like, no. But oh man. But it also. But I do think this is this is a great series of matchups. And and like I feel like this conference championship weekend is gonna have everything. You got you got 
elite quarterbacks in the AFC. You have a, a you know one of the most loaded rosters in the in in the, in the NFC, the Niners, and you and you still have a Cinderella you can watch. Like the one team that like I think if you don't have if you're not a Chiefs fan or a Ravens fan or a Niners fan, you might be pulling for the Lions because you're like I just want to see something good happen to those people over there in Detroit because they've been they've just had it had it bad for so long. Oh, I hope they win it all. Yeah, I just. I, I, I don't the, know if they can. Analyst in me says, "Heck no, that's all." Uh, abs- absolutely, we w- we will see how this plays out this weekend. I'm sure we'll have a lot more breakdowns on this channel of the of these two big games uh, as as we get closer to game day. But we also have to talk about more about the coaching carousel that's going on right now and all the interview hires, including the potential landing spot for Bill Belichick. We'll be right on that here in the Locked On NFL podcast right after this. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also sponsored by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, Chris, let's dive into this coaching carousel with the GOAT, Bill Belichick. He's been flirting with Atlanta, but as we record this on Tuesday, Bobby Slowick apparently had an amazing interview with the Falcons. Belichick's interviewed twice with the Falcons. Jim Harbaugh twice with the Falcons. The question is simple, and we got to start with the GOAT when we talk about the coaches. Do you think Bill Belichick will take a head coaching job or get hired to be a head coach with five jobs still open? I think he will. I think some team will give him a shot. I just don't know what the hierarchy is right now. I don't know. I I, I don't think he's the number one guy that everyone's waiting for the shoe to drop on. Because I feel like what's going to happen is everyone's going to do their interviews and then someone's going to land Jim Harbaugh. And I feel like Jim Harbaugh is the one that everyone's looking at and thinking, okay, when he goes, then we got to go get the, the guy the guy that's next. But Bill Belichick, I mean, Bobby Slowick, certainly his track record. Um, you know, th- this year has has been great. You know, Ben Johnson, what happens with him? And that's another thing is we have to wait and see how how the season plays out for people and interviews and things like that. Um, but to me, there are just a lot of questions that I, that that are that are, that are that still have to be answered about what are some of the younger coaches going going to where they're going to land before I think we know about Bill Belichick. Now, here's the other thing about Bill Belichick. If I'm Bill Belichick, I'm not going to a rebuild. I'm going to somewhere so I can win now. And can you win now with Atlanta? Because you need a quarterback over there. Now, maybe you can go get one, and maybe they become really good overnight if you, if you, if you get one. But, like, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm trying to talk to the Chargers. I mean, I'm trying to get Justin Herbert. I'm trying to re- re- reinvest a few things and see if I can turn that to that franchise into a winner. And then I get my Tom Brady moment. Like, ha-ha, I went to the the franchise that had, that was struggling, and I turned one around and got my Super Bowl ring. So in your face, Tom. And I, I don't know if he does that with Atlanta. Tom Brady's available. <laughs> I'm just I, – 
Oh, you you gonna laugh? No, gonna I'm laugh. not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the irony of that situation. Uh, he's available. <laughs> Bill's like, hey man, that would be the, the most evil reunion. We got the eighth pick. We can use it on a weapon for you. You got Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. Tom, let's ride. <laughs> let's that would ride. be amazing. That would be the most and in Atlanta of all places. <laughs> I give you 28 to three reasons why. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm sorry, man. That, this is, that's why I started laughing. I'm like, can you picture that? Like if Brady and Belichick on a billboard. Like, oh my God. They're here. Could you imagine if they won that? Anyways, now Brady's done. But yeah, right. I, I think Bill, I, I, what I think is interesting, I think Arthur Blank wants to hire Bill Belichick. And it feels like some of the other people in that organization are looking elsewhere. There's a reason that Bobby Slowick, oh, this interview went really well. Oh my goodness. There's a reason we know that. And it's because someone within that organization wants us to know that. And I don't think it's necessarily Slowick's people. I, mm. I think it's Falcon side. So I think there's a, a bit of a struggle there internally. And it's pretty simple. I think the Atlanta job's pretty attractive because you're right. You need a quarterback, but you do have the eighth pick. And outside of quarterback, the roster's pretty good. And that doesn't mean you have to take a quarterback with the eighth pick. Who knows? You know, there are ways. There's Justin Fields. If you want to go that route, Kirk Cousins exists and flirted with Bill Belichick recently publicly saying, oh, I'd love to play for the Hall of Fame coach. So we'll see. But I, I do think he does take a job. It does feel like Atlanta. But uh, that, that is to, to be determined. I, I do wonder if Harbaugh to the Chargers. That feels like the job that should always happen. And it should have already happened. Yeah. And it hasn't happened. And the Chargers ownership, they just need to loosen up their purse strings a little bit. Because if you want the the top coach on the market, and he probably is, at least for them, I don't think that uh, they've interviewed Belichick yet. So for whatever reason, uh, that's the case. Go get him. Because you have yeah. Justin Herbert and you have this window and you never want to look back when you have a star quarterback and say, what if? Who knows? Maybe they don't win with Herbert, but you got to give them everything you can to to keep that window open. I'm I'm right I'm right with you there. You gotta get you gotta load up. Give give Herbert a, a, a chance, and getting a getting getting a head coach who could be who could reset things. And listen, like we've seen Harbaugh do this on the West Coast before. He came into a Niners team that you know had pieces but wasn't sure of itself. Quickly made it into a contender. Now he only lasted four years for there before he bounced. Uh, you know, but everything. But I think with all the other because it's not just Herbert, right? They got Bosa, they got Mac, they got Derwin James, they they got players, man. Like they got they got ballers that they can work with there, um, and they have a decent pick to to kind of move up this year and, and get a get, get add some more ammunition to that group. But um, I, that's that's where I think the shoe is waiting to drop. Is like I think a lot of these head coaches want to know if they can get Justin Herbert because that the 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 quarterback uh, you know attraction is 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 always top priority. But again, I think that Belichick, he lands one of these spots. If Atlanta really wants him and he seems to be, you know, intrigued with Atlanta itself, um, if he doesn't go to, to, I keep calling it San Diego, if he doesn't go to Los Angeles uh, to work with Justin Herbert, um, I, I think that he might be an option there. But then again, you got to look at the other offensive minds because I, I, I talked about this with Greg Bedard, who's been covering, he, he runs the Boston Sports Journal. He's been covering the Patriots since Kingdom Come. He, he knows a lot. He has a lot of sources. He talks to a lot of people and he's like Chris I, I think the way the NFL is starting to push away from the CEO defensive minded head coaches that kind of run the that keep the ship tidy and then you have your plate your mm -hmm. offensive play caller and they're leaning more towards the offensive play caller who runs the ship and 
that's not Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is very much a hey, we're gonna play this kind of defense. You know, we're gonna you know have this stuff. You know, you can run the offense over here, but this is gonna be our, our unit. And I think that a lot of people want to find that innovative next young guy there, and that may put Bill Belichick behind an eight ball to get hired to the top job. But I think that that guy still wants to prove that he can win another Super Bowl, and he's going to land somewhere when like the top two or three guys if there are top two or three guys over him, get their jobs. I agree. I think that's why he needs to take a, a job now. You, yeah. you don't want to get out of the cycle, out of the mentions. It's real easy to do too. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe Bill for this job or that job. And then you look up and you're out for four years. Yeah. And that's just it. And I'm not saying Bill couldn't get a job right now. Of course he could. But you want to take the right job. So I get taking your time. I also think he takes a job this cycle for that very reason. Be Plus, he's not getting any younger. You want to go have your Brady moment, my man. You, your Brady was what forty-two when he moved on to, to Tampa. You're seventy-two. Now's yep. the time if you're going to do it. And who knows? Maybe you should call Tom. You know how genius I'll look if Tom Brady joins the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Oh my dude, this that'll be the, the most viewed short in, in YouTube short history. Like that's going to be that would be that would be insane. That's a little way. Uh, yeah, that bruh, that would be that would be an insane call. I just again, I just like it. That I, I hope it happens. That would be the most to me. That like we would just be talking about that. Like, uh, really, y'all gonna do that? And, and Atlanta's gonna be like, hey, ATL baby, the big A, we, we coming, we, we coming back with the dudes that crushed our hearts since what six, seven years ago. Gosh, it's been that long already. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm uh, it, it'd be very intriguing, man. I, I do think Bill Belichick gets a job. I, I think he has to get a job. He's Bill Belichick, like he said, he's the goat, he's the guy, he's won what. Six Super Bowls as a head coach. Mm -hmm. He's won, I think, eight as a, a, a total in his career because yeah. he, he won two with the Giants. Um, and, and again, like some I tell people, like it wasn't just like he was just on that Giants team. He was the guy that figured out the defense that stopped Jim Kelly and the Bills in, in, in the Super Bowl. Like, like everyone thought they were going to get run over by that Bills offense. And, and he was the guy that figured out how to stop that with two down linemen. And um, I, I think he's he's been the innovative, he's been an innovative coach before. Question is, will he get the shot to do it again? I'm right with you. He needs to make a, a decision sooner rather than later. He does, and we will have you covered. Whether it's sooner, rather, uh, if it's later, it doesn't matter. We have you covered right here on Locked On NFL. We appreciate you for making us your first listen. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcast. And for Chris Carter, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL.